What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Lost Lifting Talk. Today's episode is another Q&A with Jeremiah and myself on the monthly episode where we collab and answer your guys' questions. Now, before we get into the questions, we have a bit of a conversation just on the both of our lives, the ongoings that we have going on. Me and Jeremiah have turned into pretty good friends, and so it's fun to be able to get on and just chit-chat for the first minute, talk about our businesses, talk about life. We talk a little bit about the mentorship that we're both in. I know I've talked about that a little bit um, frequently on the podcast over the last couple weeks, but it's a bigger part of my life and something that I can relate to with these guys and something that we can chat about. And I think there's a lot of good nuggets in there that you might be able to take away from in the first 20 or so minutes of the episode. But if for some reason you don't want to listen to us chit chat about our lives and our businesses, training, nutrition, the things that we have going on, I will leave a timestamp down below for you to be able to skip ahead just to get directly into the question so that you don't have to listen to it if you don't want to. So with that, that's really all I've got to say to you guys. Hopefully, you enjoyed the episode. Let's hop into it. Jeremiah, how you doing, bro? What's good, man? I'm so to be back here. Me too. I uh, I found myself looking forward to doing these every single month. It's cool to get on here and just to be able to to chat and vibe with somebody else once per month and and build a relationship like this has been super cool. Oh, dude, no, I agree. That's what I feel like it's been actually way longer than a month since our last one. Honestly, yeah, maybe that's just because it's like the apocalypse is happening. Sure. There's just so much shit going on that makes it feel like that. But I feel like it's been a long time since we did one of these. Yeah, I um, I agree. So as we begin, well, obviously, we'll get into the questions and everything um, here in just a second. But over the last month, what has um, what's happened for you? Like what has what's been going on? Let's just chat for a second to, to see what things are what's happening. Yeah, dude. So, man, this is May has been a crazy month, actually. Um, had I feel like COVID, and I'm sure it was the same for you. Maybe it was the same for you. Whole like COVID was very, very slow as far as like adding new clients, things like that. Sure. May May things really, really picked up there. Um, and then personally with my own training, I started working with. Steve Hall from Revive Stronger. We really got that rolling. I don't think I was doing that last time we talked, was I? I think you had just started because we slightly chatted about it. But yeah, I, I'm okay. not sure if you're actually working with him, but you had mentioned it. Unless we had DM'd about that or something. But I did know that you were because you had mentioned okay. it. Okay. So How's I that? Just, it's been really good, dude. Honestly, it's been. So like for a while I was, I had Cody running my nutrition still. Mm-hmm. And then I had, um, I was just like working with different people, like not really actually like one-on-one coaching, just like, Hey, they would like write me a program. We talk maybe once a month and that was it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I forgot how much I love like the coaching process of somebody like having somebody like look over my own training. Like, Hey, like you should be pushing yourself more here. Like I'm recording every set of like my compound exercises and like assessing my own, like, okay, what was my real RIR here? Mm-hmm. And then not that, but like, sending it to a coach so it has been super interesting for like I feel like so many things we take for granted as like people that trained for years then it's actually like okay is my row is my form on like my dumbbell row really as good as I thought it was like Mm -hmm. okay it's so it's been super interesting too and it's been it's been really fun too man I mean honestly 
just like I'm sure you can attest to, well, actually, like we were just talking about off air, but kind of in a different capacity, like the process of being coached and actually, now that I said again, like just like this all encompassing, like having somebody like training nutrition all at once here, it's just, I just love like actually having somebody to like assess everything we're working through and look at like, okay, how are you progressing? Um, and it has been really interesting too, to see like how, and that's part of why I love working with so many coaches too, like to pick up on how differently they do things. Like one thing I really liked that they did the first week. So they laid out the first week of the mesocycle, right? And then the first week after every exercise, you would rate basically the pump you got off of it and then your fatigue level with that exercise. So the idea here is like, okay, basically we're finding movements that really fit you well. So you should have like a decent mind muscle connection. They shouldn't be insanely fatiguing. So for example, if you have like a super fatiguing exercise, but the mind muscle connection was poor, it's probably not a good fit for you. So then we like work through that. And that was kind of how they established like, okay, here's like the movements we think are good. Here's the ones we need to swap out. And then as well, like, um, here's about like where we want to start with your volume things. So it's been, it's been super interesting and it's cool to, it's just cool to see how different coaches do things too, man. Like, um, there they go through, like he does it. We do video check-ins, which is something new to me mm-hmm. and actually something I've been implementing a little bit more. I've thought about doing that. I'd like to hear kinda, your thoughts on that at some point too. That's a, yeah. Yeah. So I've kind of like, actually since this has started because i do like that i've kind of switched to more of like a hybrid style of because the reality is too as you know the more clients you take on the harder and harder it gets to like do it efficiently so like for me for example it's fatiguing to like to write to yeah absolutely and sometimes it is like if i could just and i try to like also consider like how i think the client would best like it but Mm -hmm. um i've started like for example one thing i do a lot is work through people's my fitness pal diaries and like see like okay so i see you like went over your calories a bit here here's some adjustments we could have made or like you were really hungry this day here's some swaps i would have made and rather than type that out now i'll do like a screen recording with a little bubble on my face on the side and i can work through like i can talk through it i can for me personally it's like a lot less like you said fatiguing than it is to like type through okay monday if you look at this like literally being able to talk through it and it feels like people like for certain things like that clients also seem to enjoy it more than like if i would have written it because it also like i feel like you can put more of your personality into it yeah they're getting a better connection to Mm -hmm. you as a person rather than just your writing exactly exactly but then like so they um every week they work through like the, the like your last training week okay so did you add like because basically it's most of my exercises are like, okay, we have five to 10 reps on your hack squat. For example, we're going to start at four RIR. We're going to progress this to zero to one RIR. So you should be able to add like a rep from your last week to most sets or a little bit of load. So then they look through there and like every week you you rate like your recovery score for that exercise. So like, were you performing well average or were you unrecovered? And then through that, like every week they adjust your volume based on that. So it's, it's been, it's been interesting. It's a lot that I've already like, and again, like that's the value of, I feel like working with just like working with so many people is cool to see. Like I've already taken so many things from that too. Like, just like I have from all my time working with Cody, like 
I feel like it's already helped my coaching practice a ton. So it's been super cool. Yeah. It, it sounds cool too, because like, you know, all of these things obviously, but seeing right. how other coaches implement them, like it sounds like with Steve and he's huge on the training aspect of things. Like he's one of the, right. I would honestly say one of the top dudes in the industry right now, as far as coaches right. go, like he's, he's really good at what he does. That sounds like a truly individualized approach to right. the training aspect of it. Right. Right. And Which that, that sounds cool. That's yeah. That's awesome. And that was the biggest thing that I wanted to like learn from working with them. Honestly, like just like, like Cody was the top person I saw in nutrition. Steve for me, as far as like somebody that's doing online coaching really well, as far as training goes, I feel like it's top. definitely like, exactly. So like I wanted the chance to learn from both of them, but to see like my biggest like hearing them talk about all this on the podcast and whatnot I was just trying to figure out kind of how like how do you how like what does your process look like to actually apply all this so it's been yeah. super cool to see dude yeah no that's amazing and then you can take obviously the, like the clients that you work with aren't you right like your ideal right. client that you work with isn't you so you can take bits and nuggets from that and implement it to best serve your type of client too right which exactly that, that's cool because like again like for my client would i specify things that much right up front absolutely not but right. for myself i would love that oh yeah you know, like i would love that type of structure <laughs> so, no exactly uh, no that's super cool to hear man i i couldn't agree anymore just like we were talking about before too i um hired cody as well um, because of your peer pressure. And so, <laughs> and so just for me, like the last month or so since I started, I think it's only been a few weeks, but just like the clarity and, and having the accountability and having somebody there to guide you, you know what to do, but having right. an outside source there to give their opinions and their takes on things of, of how to maneuver through situations is an absolute game changer. I feel more clear. I said this to you as well, but like I feel more clear in the last few weeks with just a few things that I've been implementing and the conversations that we've been having than I have um, ever since I started coaching online, honestly. And I've gone through other programs and stuff, but I've never right. had like as far as like a coach in that sense, like a one-to-one. -one. I've done programs, right. but like, yeah, it's an absolute game changer. So, uh, so yeah. I'm so stoked to hear that it's helped so much, dude. And that's the same for me. The interesting thing I feel like about the mentorship with Cody is like, we don't, I don't know about you, but like personally, we don't even talk about business that much. Mm -hmm. Like when we started, it was a lot more like, Okay, training, nutrition strategies, and here's what you need to do with your business. Whereas I feel like now, um, it's so much like relationships. How do you be yeah. a better man? Like diving in deep into all the warrior stuff. And to me, I'm guessing because I think we're very similar, that like it's the case for you as well. But I know like when we talk about the body being balanced business, for me being maybe balance probably being in balance are the two that I'd neglect the most. So Absolutely. it's super cool that like, we like put so much emphasis on that. And then I feel like that actually has so much carryover to everything else. No, absolutely. That's what, that's honestly been the biggest game changer for me is I can work hard, right? Like I'm not right. scared to, to put in a lot of work, but from that, I found myself neglecting um, my balance, my being, not necessarily my body, my body, my business are the two that I've usually like the most oh, yeah. on top of. But yeah. with that, if I'm not balanced in the other aspects with my relationships and with what's going on up in my head, 
what I'm starting to realize is that I can be much more efficient at the body and the business and right. better at it because I'm clear because I don't have just stuff up in my head or guilt or whatever it is because I'm not putting the amount of effort that I could into the other areas. So for me, the biggest things have been now I'm dating my wife every single week. I'm dating my daughter every single week. I'm Love going it. on dates for myself every single week. These are all things that I know that I should be doing, but just having like a structure and somebody there to hold me accountable for them. Right. Like just gives them a, I don't know even how to explain it, but just like the satisfaction of me knowing that I'm taking care of all aspects of my life rather than just a couple right. helps me be a better man. And in the end is going to help me feel be far more fulfilled. It's not about how many clients I have or how much money I'm making. It's if I can make all of this work together, that's when you're going to find happiness. And that's what I'm starting to realize. And like, that's where all of this clarity is coming and I can show up with my content better. I can, I can go to sleep. I can wake up in the morning and take some time for myself. So it's been short. I've, I've talked about Cody on the last couple of podcasts. We were talking with Cody Smith about it. <laughs> we're all that's just like, like selling it's, the mentorship. Right it's now. one big mentorship or one big ad for him. And that's not the point of it. But the point is that you've got four, four aspects to your life, right? Body, being, balance, and business. And I made a post about these a while ago, but just talking about, I, I mentioned them as the buckets. And if you put all of your focus in, or fill up a couple buckets, but leave another, a couple of the other buckets empty, you're not going to feel full right. at all. You're not going to be fulfilled. You have to learn how to fill all the bucket buckets together to create that fulfillment or happiness in whatever it is that you're looking for, which is super important. Something that I've taken away more than anything as well. Right. So, so yeah, right. I feel like that's true across I feel like for many people, it's not like maybe like we talked about for us, like it's never like, man, I just haven't worked out in six weeks. You know, like we love going to the gym or like we love our business stuff, but it, I feel like for some people it is like, okay, maybe you are neglecting your body. And that's the thing that's kind of holding you back in all these other areas as well. Like, like, as you know, like, and I feel like this for like many clients that I work with, this is a more common, I feel like being is honestly pretty much universally people neglect. What explain what being is good people. Like that's kind of not a slang. So just us, your but own. Like what, what would you relate it as? So I would just say like your own, it's like your mindset, how you perceive yourself, how you are more so like the time you invest in yourself. Damn. That's a hard definition. Actually. It is. How, would, like, how would you define it? It's like clearing, clearing your mind, basically. So like through, you can do that through meditating. You can do that through journaling, basically just being aware of yourself right. in a sense. It is a hard one to explain, but it the is. way that we practice it and that um, we practice it through the mentorship is through um, journaling, through meditating. At least that's how I'm practicing it. Like my 90 day outcomes are 90 journal entries in 90 days and 900 minutes of meditation. Oh, let's go. So what are the rest of yours? So that's those two. For the relationships, it is um, in the 90 days, take my wife on 13 dates, take Charlie on seven dates, go on 13 dates for myself, which is that one is just to be more, is to create more presence in my relationships right. because I feel like I'm kind of out of whack a lot of time. I'm home and I'm doing content or I'm getting back the messages or I'm on Instagram, right. DMing, whatever it is. And then what are the other ones? What did I just say? The 
balance or that for the body is to lean out. So I've got a photo shoot scheduled for like the middle of August. Let's go. So I'm leaning out for that at the moment. And then what's the last one? What was it? Business. Yes, Business sir. was just a, a target. Okay. Uh, like a yeah, uh, yeah, just a target in money. We won't we won't go into that. But but yeah, I love it. That's I love the, it. Are you in the middle of ninety day outcomes right now too? Yeah, I am right at a month. So mine, like for body, it was basically just hop on board with Steve and just be a hundred percent adhere into that. Which, sure. like, have you? I don't know. Have you said? Um, have you like helped anyone else ever set ninety day outcomes? Because this is relatively new to you, right? It's relatively new. So I um, have a couple mentor clients that I work with as well, just like beginners getting into training and nutrition online. And so I've started to implement the 90 day outcomes with them, like just help them get set up and have a little bit more structure to, to what we're doing as far as like the business side. But again, with them, I focus, I'm not qualified, right. To be, I'm learning about a lot of the stuff myself. I'm not qualified to go into all of it, but as far as like the business aspect of it, I help more on that side with a few people, but we're implementing some of it. Okay. So that's like, I feel like for most, like we talked about, like normally body is, isn't like as big of a push. Like I've done like a photo shoot in the past for me, it's always like, so like this time around I'm doing for my relationships. That's what I am once a week for Katie, my girlfriend, I am cooking dinner, but it has to be something different every time. And I have to like, surprise. I have to show up with it and surprise her because she loves that but like if left to my own devices it would just be like okay every week we're gonna make tacos right yeah but now it's actually forced me to like okay we made whatever like a chicken parm or like grilled salmon which i'm honestly not a good cook at all but it's been <laughs> cool to like she really really truly appreciates it and it's been super cool too like same thing like shit i wish i always would have done but if i didn't have the accountability to follow through with it i wouldn't yeah. as much as I hate that like that's the reality of it too and I think that's so like for so many people like a lesson to take from that is just hopefully people don't mind just listening to us just ramble I like think this it's part. helpful honestly <laughs> but I feel like a big lesson to take from that is like so many times it's like okay future me is gonna like be such a better person this is gonna follow through with shit like this but I feel like actually the only way to really change like the essence of who you are is to bring in outside structures like this, to bring in outside accountability or like we were talking about like the reality is the investment for coaching. Like this mentorship is a lot, right? But that's part of why we don't fuck around with. Exactly. Or like similarly, like my keys when I have to repeat. So like for those listening, we do like we send in four keys and then every week, right? Four keys, like things we need to get done for to expand our business more. And then like one thing to take care of ourselves. And like when you have to like the next week, like send a repeat one, it's like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it is so much. Um, so anyways, no, that's, let's see. So that's the date or the making stuff for Katie for my being. It's um, just working through the stack every day for 90 days. So 90 super seconds. helpful for me too. It is super is helpful. A, it's, yeah. When you go through and have to answer those questions, when you come on to the other side, you realize just like how I don't even know the word for it, but you're just playing games in your mind, right? You're not, you're oh, telling yeah. yourself stories about the majority of your life. Oh so yeah. Like if you just get down to the logical facts, like it's not that complicated. We leave a lot of stuff in our head to mess around with. that doesn't need to be there. Right. And it is just like, you, when you said awareness, like it's, 
for me, it's I, I'm, and again, I'm guessing you might be the same way, but I'm pretty good at just like, don't really pay that much attention to like my emotions, like how I'm feeling is something making me angry. So it's always like been super interesting to me to like dive into that and just realize there's some situation that I didn't even really think about it, but man, I'm really pissed off about this. And this is really eating at me. And then I get to the other side of it and it's like, you've completely flipped the situation on this head. And like the frustrating thing about the most annoying and helpful part of the stack, I feel like is when it's like, okay, what is the opposite of the story you're telling yourself? And then it's like, you flip it on yourself and it's like, okay, these are actually, this is actually all my fault. Like I kind of created this situation. (laughs) Damn it. Okay. That's, so it's like, there's a story you're telling yourself. Then if you flip it to the opposite and then it's like, generally it's like reflected back at you. Like, how am I responsible for creating the situation? And normally for me, that's like, damn it. That is actually so true. It's, it's always, it's you just, I want to see it. Very, very helpful, dude. Yeah. Which is awesome. And it's cool because a lot of this does to everybody listening. Who's probably like, where's the nutrition and training help. <laughs> a lot of this relate can relate back to that. I'm learning a lot that like I can implement with clients it's the same sort of stuff like you could stack um your decisions your thoughts around your nutrition if you're having a hard time being consistent your thoughts around training with all that kind of stuff can help so much and i think people get so dialed in and i've been um guilty of in the past as well getting dialed into like i'm gonna get my body to this point and this is what i'm gonna be happy or i'm gonna get my business to this point and this is what i'm gonna be happy but again if you're not taking care of everything else around it like that one thing is truly not going to make you happy. No destination is ever going to make you happy. It's having a balance of everything and showing up for your entire life. Is right. Yeah. And the older that I get, the more I'm, I'm realizing that and it's just making things a lot more clear. So, so yeah, hundred percent. And then I also really like the perspective of like looking at it all as a game yeah. and not seeing it as like, this is the point that I'm going to reach and that's what I'm going to be happy. Right. Yeah. So Anyways, oh, <laughs> we just I, like a 30 minute sales pitch for the we did. not even about that though. It's just, it's like, obviously you guys, the majority of you out there, you're not going to um, hire a mentor like this right now, but these are a lot of things that you can just right. think about in your own life and, and just be self-aware of like what areas of your life are you neglecting and what areas of your life are going really well. Chances right. are those areas that are going really well could feel even better if you would stop neglecting the other areas, which that sounds kind of contradicting, but um, I can attest to it. It's 100% true. Oh no, 100%. I know for me, like the most, like the best months I've ever had as far as business goes have always followed like a period of me doing a ton of work on the being side of things mm-hmm. with it's, and it's so weird because for me, it's always like, when I grow my business, I got to work harder on my business and ignore other things more. And it's, it's always so hard to accept, but it is always like, it carries over to everything else. I feel like so very interesting stuff, dude. Absolutely. Should we get into some questions? <laughs> got any other, other, that's all uh, I got comments? <laughs> going on the last one. All right. Well, that's cool, man. Uh, before we get into it, I just going to say again, I do appreciate you for that last call just holding me accountable to it like i haven't had somebody do that and once we got off like you looked at me in the face like do it are you going to like because you knew i needed it so i appreciate it man Uh, i'm glad it's been helpful for sure absolutely should we get in let's get it
All right. You want me to go first? You go first. I think you have quite a bit more than me, quite a few more than me, so go for it. Okay. The first one, it's a little bit we'll just get to it. As hard as I'm trying to work out in the morning because it gets harder as the day goes on, is it is it also okay to get in at the end of the day after dinner? Is it also okay to get the workout in at the end of the day after dinner? That's just when my husband and daughter are watching TV, so I feel like I can get it in with no distractions. Or is there a better time during the day to work out? I feel like this is very much like it all comes back to adherence, right? It's kind of like trying to focus so much on meal timing that it pushes you way over your overall calories and you don't actually like you're trying to get lean, but you're focusing so much on meal timing that you pushes you way over your overall calories. So it's kind of like missing the forest for the trees, I would say. So, I mean, I would say as long as she, I do often like if somebody's consistently missing workouts and they're always like putting it off till after work, then I'll often say, okay, then let's try like first thing in the morning because distractions will be less than, and like once you get up out of bed, willpower will be a little bit higher mm-hmm. than it will be later in the day after you had to make all these decisions. So you're more likely to get this workout in. But I would say if she's if it's not a problem for her to, I mean, there is like the which the reality is like if we look at from what is it testosterone is supposed to be the highest at like three p.m. I think that's what I is that, is that what it, is that what it is? I don't know if it's testosterone, but some. It might be. I don't I've think heard it is testosterone. I don't know if it's testosterone, but I've heard of studies or somebody was talking about how like afternoon, that time frame, like two to four is the best right. when your body's going to be able to perform the best. But again, like I don't work out at three to four because it just doesn't work for my schedule. Mm-hmm. I think like, again, it's, I think it like on our hierarchy of importance for a great body composition, what time of day you work out at is like on the same level as what supplements are you taking? Like, it's just not that important as long as you still get it in. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Um, just like you said, the one thing there is if you're leaving it till nighttime every day, you've obviously made a lot of choices all day long already. Right. And so I find for myself and with a lot of clients, honestly, too, is that the longer you put it off in the day, the more likely you're to not get in it at all. But if that's not an issue for you and you can do it at nighttime and that's the best time where there's no distractions and, and like it gives you some time to yourself, feel free. Go have a crack at it. That's completely fine. But if you're struggling like with the consistency factor of it, um, what I like to do with clients is hold them accountable. Like if they miss a couple sessions in a week in a check-in, I ask them what days of the week they plan on working out this week and at what time are they That's going exactly to get that workout in so that it's structured. And then when I'm on top of my game, a lot of the time I'll write them like 10 minutes before, if I like just got a little bit of spare time, be like, Hey, enjoy your workout, you know, just right. little things like that to, um, to push them. But again, the time of the work, the time of day you choose to work out, do what works best for you, but know yourself. If you're going to put off later in the day, just realize still needs to be got in. You're going to be a lot more likely to make an excuse in my experience anyway. Oh no, I agree. And that's what just the reality of it is like the more choices. And this is something to like, look at if you are somebody that follows through struggles to follow through with like your training and nutrition, how can you remove choices? So like you said, by the end of the day, you have to make so many choices. You have to choose to work out. And it's just like an interesting to look through. If you like look through your day, like it's fatiguing. Exactly. Yeah. That's what if you think about like somebody that like has to, for example, driving home from the work to from work to change and then going back to the gym, you have to decide like, 
okay, I'm driving home. Like there's all these distractions along the way. Oh, I need to stop at the store. I need to stop and whatever. Then you get home. There's more choices you got to make. Like, okay, what am I going to wear? Um, do I really have to go back to the gym? Should I clean my house? There's just like, or we could call it friction, right? That's what yeah. I normally talk about. Like there's the more friction you can remove around things or like, am I going to ignore this text and keep working out? Or I'm going to look at my phone. Like oftentimes we have, I have found it like we're looking to remove friction. Mornings do work better, but again, it's not for like physiologically, it doesn't make that much difference. Agreed. We crushed it. Love it. All nice. right. So I had, which one of you can bench more? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> what do you bench, bro? How much do you bench? I haven't done a flat bench press actually since I hurt my shoulder. So it's been. What'd you do to your shoulder? I separated my AC joint. Oh, how long ago was. Oh, look at that bone. Yeah, bro. No, it's not Man. attached at all anymore. Um, I was snowboarding like, what? This must have been. This is a big part of why I got fat. Um, this is like the cat, <laughs> dude. This is like the best thing that's ever happened to me, actually, because it forced me to learn so much about training and nutrition. Um, I'm so grateful this happened, but um, I think it was 2014. A long I time ago. yeah. So I caught the front lip of my snowboard. How old are you? 27. 27. That's okay. I'm 28. I thought that. I always wanted to ask you that question. I'm like, how old is he? He might be like a lot younger than me or he might be older. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just 27, but um, no. So since then, I can't really flat bench. Before then, my all-time best, I was big on bench pressing. My all-time best was 335, Ooh. but it's been a while. On a flat bench? Yes, sir. Flat yeah. barbell bench. <laughs> the last time I maxed out on a bench press was like, almost around a year ago and i had just hit 315 so yours is stronger than mine is what what'd you say it was 335 yeah oh i'm gonna have to max out again (laughs) what was my weight is that what you said Uh uh-huh i was weighing then probably around like 178 to 180 roughly so the thing is too when i did that i was 245 oh really so, I mean, that's a lot of, and that does help a lot. It, uh, it definitely can. The heavier you are, the, the more that you can lift. But again, how tall are you? I'm 6'3". Yeah, see, I'm only 5'10", 5'11". So. Okay. So you got longer limbs than me too. So <laughs> That said now, like I just do a, my sub for bench is always a dumbbell low incline bench. I like the low incline bench. I, I, I stole that from John Meadows, like putting a little plate underneath of the right. the bench there. I, I, yeah, I like to start with that a lot of the time too. I feel like everybody has so much just random little things like that that they picked up from John Meadows. Dude, I've picked up a lot from from him. He's, yeah, in a lot of ways. I ran a cycle, well, a miso cycle right before I entered my cut and just kind of took on his training principles, how he trains, like mm-hmm. building up, pyramiding up to a, a top set where you're taking the failure um, right. in most of your exercises. And uh, I, I'm not doing that right now, obviously, as I've gotten into a cut, but I really enjoyed training that way. I, you can take a lot from him. He had a heart attack too. I'm sure. Did you see that? I saw that. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. It seems like he's bad. okay though. Yeah, it seems, seems that way. Anyway, I, I like John. He's got, a, he's got a lot of cool little nicks and necks. You can pick up a lot from For his sure. YouTube channel very like intuitive very how he puts things out he's it's not at all like it doesn't at all seem like he's trying to impress you like look at how much shit i know it's all just like like yeah, this feels really good when you do it like this you know what i yeah. mean 
Which but is it's a breath all, of fresh air sometimes. You know, it like it's much. all about the science. But yeah, for me, it was a breath of fresh air to train that way more intuitively rather than like tracking every little thing every day. Right. But also there's something you said for tracking, but no, I 100%. Um, what is your training like right now, dude? So I'm running just a upper lower push pull leg. So a five day okay. split. Um, basically it's like my upper days are more strength focused. So like I'm, I'm running like a, a periodization model where like I'll start at sets of six on like a pull up and a bench press. And each week I'll add a little bit of weight um, and then drop the volume to it. So up the intensity, drop the volume Okay. in that sense. So like go for like three, four, five weeks, depending on if I need to, when I need to deload. So I'm like five weeks in now, and this is a deload week now. So I got all the way to like down to two reps, just adding weight up. And then I'll just restart that and add in some different accessories um, towards the end of it. So I was switching it up like every four to six weeks are the length of the blocks, just being kind of intuitive with it. In that like sense, it. does that make sense? And then, yeah, like a squat. So like Monday, Tuesday, upper, lower are more strength focused type days. And then the push pull legs, I go into more hypertrophy type work. So like pushing like eight to eight to 12 reps, eight to 15 reps on most stuff and running mostly a, a double progression model in that stuff. I like it. That's it's rare. Yeah. Like the compound stuff, Monday, Tuesday is more linear periodization, I believe is the correct terminology for it. If you'd read Eric Helms's <laughs> training pyramid book, but, uh, and then double progression on mostly everything else in the hypertrophy rep ranges. I like it. I feel like a double progression is honestly hard to beat. Yeah. I like the, the linear periodization though, too, like starting at a higher rep number and then each week working at one rep less with adding weight. So like okay. starting at a bit of a hypertrophy range, like, six maybe seven and then working it down into some strength weeks too i find like fatigue wise and just mentally i like to be in different rep ranges over time too just that helps. does help that is one when you know like that's why i like have a hard time with double progression sometimes i i can get that like i have uh split squats i have sets at 10 to 15 oh see no way so, bro. i'm doing so, like six to ten <laughs> Dude, I know. And that's before this, I was doing all like, I was doing a lot of like single leg work, but it was all like sets of five. So yeah. the first week it was like, whew, I am, oh yeah, <laughs> actually every week that's been pretty brutal. So last week I hit what was my split squat has always been su stupid strong because I've always focused on that a lot more. I used to always tweak my back, back squatting. So I focused a lot more on like split squats. So last week it worked up to, 80s for 14 Dude. and it's like every week you have to progress every week like he watches like because we're also decreasing rir across weeks right are you videoing your sets yeah <laughs> it's man it's kind of ugly but uh so it's like um we're decreasing rir so like you should be able to add a rep so like yeah immediately after last week i was like fuck i have to hit 15 reps <laughs> But how many sets? Four. So I mean it decreases. So it was like I had to hit like 15. And we also increased volume. So like it started out, it was just doing two sets of split squats. Oh, so but you're like, adding you're adding. Yeah. So sets. across the mesocycle, basically it's getting to like this week is like my final week of accumulation, basically. And next week we deload. So this week is by far like the highest volume. And everything's like zero to one rep left in the tank. But when we started, it was like a lot of like two to three sets, and we had like three to four reps in the tank. So sure. It's super cool, but like I get where you're coming from because that has been like, <laughs> like I did that on Friday last Friday. And immediately was like, Damn, that's I a strong hit. split squat. That's 80s. So what's that? That's 
80s would be 160. That's almost like doing 320 pounds on a back squat for 15 reps. I could not back squat 320 for fit. I was going to say, I'm glad they didn't ask us what our back squat max is. <laughs> you got a strong, you probably have that on me. <laughs> you got a strong split squat then. Cause if you do that, like, does that make sense? Yeah. No, how 100%. I came up with that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I forgot what it this is. question was. <laughs> how much can you bench? Is I think. What we were oh yeah. About. That's what it Anyways, was. I think we fully answered that. Yeah. Jeremiah's got me. Somebody ask about squat next time. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> uh, okay. It's kind of a general question. Best way to go about nutrition for bulking and cutting. So I, I think if we just give like some general guidelines between the two, it was kind of vague, but I feel like we can help. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like that could be a podcast in itself. Yeah, definitely. I'd like to, or multiple podcasts. Um, I mean, if we're looking at like fat loss nutrition, I think basically it comes down to eat mostly whole foods like no matter what, like we want to make sure we have, we're, we're feeding your body enough nutrients to where we don't create any nutrient deficiencies. Your health is still good. Plus whole foods are going to be very filling. So they will allow you to, they'll make the diet easier, right? Because they allow you to regulate your appetite better. So I'd say eat mostly whole foods. You have to control your calories in some way, shape or form. Make sure you're getting adequate protein. And then past that point, as far as you structure your diet, it you can really like pick and choose like which of all these different methodologies out there. Like it doesn't have to be paleo, keto, anything like that. Like you can eat adequate protein, eat mostly whole foods, control your calories. As long as you work within that framework, um, you can really like do whatever to like lose fat. It does come back down to like we're controlling calories. Absolutely. That, that's based, that is really all that it comes down to. There's not like a specific nutrition method to gain weight compared to lose weight. Nutrition is nutrition at the baseline. Right. You need to eat a good amount of whole foods. Um, you need to control your energy balance dependent upon your goal. And that you can get into the weeds there too. If you're brand new to training and nutrition, you could technically, if you're trying to, if you've got some weight to lose, but you want to build some muscle at the same time, you could technically go into a slight deficit and do both together. You could recomp. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it really, de- it gets so individualized to the person, depending on the goal and the experience level that you could go anywhere with it. But just as Jeremiah said, start with the principles of just understanding your energy balance, AKA calories in versus calories out control everything from the get. Then what you fill those calories with should be a good amount of whole foods. It doesn't mean you have to cut out processed foods. You can't have any sugar, anything like that. It just means Practice those types of things in moderation. Make sure you're getting full, eating enough fiber off of vegetables, lean meats, fruits, those types of things, and then adding some of the fun foods in every once in a while. As long as you're staying within your calories and you're hitting your protein goal every single day, you're going to be 100% fine. But most, for most people, if you want to bulk, you technically, technically need to be in a caloric surplus. If you want to diet, lose weight, you need to be in a caloric deficit. Right. That's pretty general. Uh, I feel like that's, I mean, that's a good answer though. There's again, you could go so off into the weeds if it was like to an individual, but like basically it's smart to probably aim to lose about 0.5 to 1% of your body weight per week in a fat loss phase. And then mm-hmm. when you're gaining, and again, this varies like how new to you, new to it you are. Once you get past like probably your first six to eight months of training, you can probably expect to gain like 0.25 to 0.5 of your body weight per week um it's probably a good rate of gain past that 
like just track lots of metrics. I'm always a fan of tracking your body measurements as well. Me too. Um, yeah, that's, I don't think I really have anything else to add to that. Neither. I think that that nails it. Just think you don't need to do like keto or paleo or you have to eat this or you have to eat that. Just follow exactly. the principles, understand the principles to nutrition and make it work for your lifestyle. Right. Yeah, everybody's exactly. going to be a little bit different in the foods you choose and that type of stuff. But if you're adhering to the principles, you'll create all the results that you want to. I love it. My next one is actually very much in the same vein, kind of what you just finished with. When do you implement inter- intermittent fasting with a client? Okay. Only if it's something. So I wouldn't just um, include it into anybody's plan. That's something that. For a lot of people, I feel like they almost intermittent fast intuitively without even realizing it. In some ways, I know that I have in the past too, but if somebody doesn't have much of an appetite in the morning, if they don't like to feel full in the morning, um, we'll talk about doing some sort of intermittent fasting. But then again, if we try to start doing intermittent fasting inside of a calorie deficit or something like that, and they're so hungry by lunch or dinner that they end up overeating at those times, well, then it probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense to include it because it's not allowing them to adhere at the end of the day. But if you can get away with pushing your first meal back further in the day to be able to eat a fewer bigger meals later in the day to be more satisfied. That's personally why I do it for myself. A lot of the time when I go into a deficit, Mm -hmm. then it makes sense because it just comes back to the adherence of staying in control of your calories, hitting your protein goal, making sure you're including a lot of whole nutrient dense foods, and then adding some more fun foods in that you enjoy to eat as well to keep the diet sustainable in the long run. Um, Then it makes sense, but there's not like, a specific reason, I guess, that I would add it other than just purely for a sustainability metric. Right. I agree. And that's a good point too. I see that a lot with like new clients that are trying to fast too much and they like push the fast way too long. And then I've been there. I've done it myself. (laughs) And I have too. It's like the last, like what those four to six hours, whatever your feeding window is often like way overdo it. Or even we can look at like, I also will see like, and I think this is a lot of times when people come up with like, man, I only eat a thousand calories in a day and I still can't lose fat. Like the days that people will track or the days they're on, they'll eat very little, which this is, could be an mm-hmm. argument for why, completely different topic, but for why like super low calorie diets probably aren't smart. Then like the next day, like hunger is generally so high again, they end up overdoing it. Not at all related to intermittent fasting though. So um, yeah, I, I agree, man. I feel like I always, like we could look at, the potential health benefits of it as far as like autophagy so it's going to remove all these damaged cells from your body potentially with a longer fast that said i think that people it's i believe it's 24 hours plus yeah i was going to mention that i think it's like at least a 24 hour not like a 16 8 right which i think is one thing that most people get twisted like oh intermittent fasting is so healthy for me Mm -hmm. now there is something to be said still i think for just like if your body's constantly digesting food, then it probably doesn't have time to take care of all these other restorative processes. But I mean, most people have at least like eight to 10 hours a night where they're quote unquote fasted, right? So I think for like the actual health benefits, we need a lot longer time frame than most people realize. Um, and then like for fat loss, there's nothing at all magical about it outside of just a different way to control calories. Um, it's 
not beneficial. That said, like for most clients, I use it. I have a lot of people where we'll sprinkle it in intermittently. Um, so like on vacation, for example, yeah, well, I, like I had a couple, I had a couple clients that were going to the lake for Memorial Day, for example. So we knew that like their later meals were going to be a lot heavier. They're potentially going to be drinking a lot more later in the day and they were just going to need more calories to work with. So that's a situation where we'd say, okay, like skip breakfast and you're just going to save up calories for later. That said, like, don't, don't start drinking fasted because that's a recipe for disaster. But, um, like that's really where I like it. Or like I've used the example of my client Colin a ton where like, so this client, he's dude's lost over 30 pounds, but um, his family, like at least three nights a week is typically three to five nights a week. They like to go out to eat. So, and they're usually like, he's a lawyer, so he doesn't move very much at all. Mm-hmm. Um, his steps are super low. And like the reality for him, actually he's transitioning to a lean gains phase now. So this isn't going to be the case anymore, but for a long time, like his calories had to be lower than a normal person's for him to lose fat. That was just the reality of his life. So for us, like if we use fasting, like he would just drink a shake before his workout at like 11, he'd eat his first meal after, but that allowed him a lot of room in the evening to still be flexible, enjoy his life with his family. Because again, if I told him like, dude, you have to eat breakfast and then he's not able to like enjoy these meals with his family later, like he mentioned, and again, this is like the individualization aspect of coaching, right? Mm -hmm. Like for him, that was something that was so important to him. That like that allowed us having him fast in the morning. He got great fat loss results and he got to enjoy like those meals with his family in the evening. So, I mean, it just, it just depends. It's a good way. Basically it's a good way to save up calories. If you like to have larger meals in the evenings, outside of that, there's nothing magic about it. Yeah. I love it for vacations. That was a really good point too. Cause typically they're going to be heavier meals right. um, that you're going to be eating. You're going to be eating out a lot more and you want to be able to enjoy yourself. So I like, typically for myself or with clients, um, I like to have or tell or tell them to just drink caffeine in the morning to suppress the appetite a little bit and have fewer bigger meals just as a, a tool to eat less calories throughout the day to, right. to not put on weight. So, so yeah, I think that's a good way to go about it. All right. Here's a, another one. We've kind of touched on this a little bit on our own training, but how do you structure a workout to build muscle? <laughs> so, I feel like, again, it's kind of a broad one. Very um, vague, yeah. So like a workout, would you say like a training day or a training week? Basically, I, I took it as a day. So like how would you structure a training day? Okay. For muscle growth. Um, so basically, I, still have to take, I have to take it back to the week perspective a little bit. Sure. So, so basically, I would say like we want to include a knee dominant movement, a hip dominant movement, an upper body push, an upper body pull. And probably at least twice a week. So if we like check all those boxes, we've more or less trained like all the major muscle groups in our body. So then like when we're dividing that across a training day, so let's just like say we have actually to make this super easy, let's just say it's a full body workout, right? Mm -hmm. So there we know we want some variation of upper body push, upper body pull, knee dominant, hip dominant. So those are going to be like our damn, I feel like this is, again, is such an intense question, but those are, um, those are like our main, like metric based movements. So normally I'll start a workout with like, okay, well, before we get into this, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place here. No, you're good. Before we get into this, I would say like, we're gonna start with primer. So like what muscles do you need to be activated? What muscles need to be activated? So like, look at the main joints we're using. So if it's an upper body workout, for example, 
we know that our shoulder joints are going to be involved a lot in this movement, right? Typically, they're pretty unstable joints, so we probably want to activate the muscles that are going to stabilize those, which is going to be the upper back. So we're going to do like some type of pull apart. And then like, what's our initial metric-based movement of the day? So what's like our first quote-unquote heavy movement of the day? Can we do like something explosive that'll help ramp up our central nervous system to like better fire here? So then I would do like, okay, can we do like a bent over chest slam or something like that? Like some type of, or like a pilot pushup, something explosive that's going to mimic that first movement because then we're going to perform better there. Then I'll typically set it up. We have one to two, again, metric-based movements. So these are where we're really, really focusing on progressive overload um, more so than anything else. So typically, and it kind of depends on the client. I would say we would, I would typically program these like anywhere from five to 10 reps. Again, it'll typically be some heavy variation of a push, a pull. Actually, I don't normally, I don't normally, no matter what, start a workout with a pull. Do you like an upper body pull? Unless I'm just doing a specific pull pull day. Yeah. If it's just a pull day, I will. But if I'm doing like an upper body day, it's generally a push. Yeah. Generally a push. Okay. Okay. So basically we'd say knee dominant movement. So like some type of squat variation or maybe a split squat variation more often than not though, like a bilateral squat, um, some type of hinge or deadlift variation. So normally, yeah, just a deadlift variation or some type of upper body push. We're looking for, to progress strength across weeks there. So again, like typically in, I don't like to do too much programming for clients below like the five rep range, just because most of my clients are focused on like, we want both strength and aesthetics. And once we start to dip too far below that five rep range, it's just more like neurological adaptations than us actually building muscle. Plus like for many people, just like getting under that much load is typically less safe. Again, it so much depends, but that's just like a broad generalization. So I'd say a couple movements there. Um, so like if it was lower body it'd be a hinge pattern followed by a knee dominant pattern. So basically our second metric based movement, we want to train the opposing muscle groups of the first or the opposing, um, movement pattern. So for example, if we did a horizontal upper body push, so like a bench press variation, then this would be followed by a horizontal pull. So like some type of real variation, right? Um, and then from there we get into our auxiliary movements, which is just going to be like still typically like quote unquote compound movements, but generally they're not going to be as fatiguing. So think movements like, let's say a cable row, a lat pull down, um, even like a half kneeling dumbbell shoulder press. If our first push of the day was a horizontal press and typically these, this depends. So like if I was programming like a lower body day, I would typically just alternate like okay, we're doing knee dominant, hip dominant, knee dominant, hip dominant, but we're like training more and more towards like isolation movements using less joints as we go on. Mm-hmm. But for upper body day, I'd probably like alternate like first two metric based movements, for example, are like horizontal push, horizontal pull. And then like these auxiliary lifts are like, okay, now maybe we are doing like a half kneeling one arm dumbbell overhead press and then like a lap pull down. Mm-hmm. And then from there, like, I think how many hard sets, how many movements you apply there kind of depends on how experienced your client is. Like that's where we like take or add more movements. And then I would get into like your isolation finisher work. So if it's like a relatively new client, the reality is this might just be four to six movements. Whereas if it's a more experienced client, they are down to spend more time in the gym. 
maybe we do spend more time. Okay. I'm adding a lot more isolation work for like the delt. So I have like four to five sets of lateral raises. We have more back flies, more bicep work, more tricep work. And that can be like in a giant, we could do like am wraps of like delt fly, bicep curl, tricep extension, or they could all be set on their own again. So much of this depends, but there's a like EMOMs, EDT, like there's all sorts of stuff you could do. But, uh, I'd say in a nutshell, that's what I would say for a training day. What do you got? No, absolutely. Um, you hit everything spot on. Like to just to simplify it and put it like in simple terms, basically start with a little bit of a warm up before, get the core temperature up a little bit in some sort of capacity. Some people can do that by like walking on a treadmill, or even your primer movements can serve that serve that for you as well you can kind of go either way once you get to know your body a little bit so like as far as like the primer phase i do the same thing some sort of like an explosive type movement to um, complement the compound movement that's coming up and then just make sure like if you're doing an upper body day shoulder joints are are lubed up and everything's ready to go as far as that sense and then to start the workout it's always the biggest compound movement of the day that's going to be for the lowest amount of reps for the day that you're focused on strength. So whether that's right. a squat, a hip hinge, um, a push, a pull, whatever it is, that's typically the exercise that's going to be somewhere between four to 10 reps. Somewhere, you said like five to 10, which basically somewhere in there is that first movement that's always the lowest. Typically after that, you'll go into, let's say if you're doing an upper body day, just as Jeremiah said, then you'll do the opposite muscle group. So if you did a push, you're gonna go into a pull, or if it's just, um, like a push day by itself where you're just doing chest, shoulders, and tries. Then maybe if it was chest, maybe then you'd add like your first vertical press instead. Um, that's a little bit higher rep range than that first movement of the day is. And then from there, you'll just go into more of your accessory work to where you could do like another um, compound movement for the chest, like a dumbbell bench press if you wanted to, or else you could move into like an isolate, isolation movement for the chest, like a, a fly, something of of that nature and then like a little bit more isolation work for the shoulders and then into some arm work to finish it off so basically heavy compound accessory movements that are from like 8 to 12 reps that are complementing the compound and then into some isolation work and then depending on the client sometimes you'll add like a little bit of metabolic work at the end or some cardio or some form of hit or something along those lines right and that's what pretty basic yeah i i wouldn't add anything to that honestly i like it yeah all right, I got one more. Ready? Let's get it. I weigh two hundred eight. I weighed two hundred. I weighed two hundred and seventy-eight at my heaviest. I've now lost seventy-eight pounds within a year and six months. I've been on a calorie deficit since then. I believe I started tracking macros at twenty-three hundred calories, and I'm now eating fourteen hundred. I tried cutting down to eleven 1, hundred to twelve hundred, and it seems as if I mentally can't. I'm sure I can do it if I wasn't still mentally fat in quotations i'm reading a book called brain powered weight loss to help out with that i go to the gym around an hour and a half a day i do cardio and i lift weight heavy-ish weights what do i do next get a personal trainer that was a long question (laughs) jeremiah's looking at me with blank eyes (laughs) i will let i feel like i'll let you take this first because i don't feel like i caught the whole thing sure so to sum it up, basically, she started in the calorie deficit a year and a half ago. She's at 278 pounds. She started at 2,300 calories. She's worked down in a year, a year and a half down to 1,400 calories. And it sounds like she hasn't come out of a calorie deficit to lose 78 pounds. That's and she's, crazy. Awesome. Now, now she's plateaued. Um, so she feels like she needs to go to 1,100 to 1,200 calories. 
um, but she's stuck and she can't get there because of the brain power to go down to 11 to 1200 calories to keep progressing. So she's not sure what to do. So she's asking if she's a higher personal trainer. First and foremost, you've made amazing progress to, yeah. boost, to be at 278 and you're down 78. So you're around 200 pounds now. You start at 2300 calories. You're down to 1400 calories. You deserve a little bit of a break <laughs> is what I would say to, to keep pushing and try to go down to 11 to 1200 calories. Just as you said, mentally at a certain point when you get so low and you've been doing it for so long, the motivation mentally is just not there. And you have to start to realize that maintenance for a while is progress. Just coming back up to maintenance, reversing back your calories back to wherever that new maintenance is for you is obviously going to be lower than it was when you were at 278 pounds. So getting there and just learning to sustain that progress is progress in itself. I've been having this conversation with a lot of my clients recently, clients who have lost anywhere from 30 to 50 pounds in the last year or so. And we're focusing on um, understanding that learning how to maintain the progress we've, that we've made is progress in itself. Because right, people are so used to, if you're paying attention to your nutrition, if you're training and if you're being active, like you want to see a result from that right now. Right. You know what I mean? Like you need to have some sort of a payoff. But in reality, like the goal at the end of the day, and I've said this on this podcast with Jeremiah before, is maintenance. Like it's getting to a goal and learning how to sustain it. And getting to that goal is draining. It takes a lot of work out of you. It takes a lot mentally. It takes a lot physically. Being in calorie deficit for that long is a big stress on your body. It's good for your body. It's overall healthy for your body. You're in a healthier state than, than you were now, but you need to give your, time, your body some time to recover out of maintenance, build your metabolism capacity back up, build your hormone levels back up, build your motivation back up, and just chill at that 200 pounds from seriously like one, two, three, four, five, six months, I would say three, three months to a year and just learn to sustain the progress you've made, optimize your metabolism, optimize your hormones, and then focus on going back into a calorie deficit when you're mentally ready to do it. But don't get in the game now of where you made all this progress and now you're having a hard time making progress. So like you might mess up in the middle of the week and like, oh, I'll get back to it on Monday and not have like a specific goal. So understand yourself, be self-aware enough to know that maybe progress for you right now is maintenance and reversing back to that. Right. I love it. And that's what I would say too, first and foremost, like congratulations on losing that much weight. That is dope. And it sounds like already like She's working out a ton too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say, as far as the whole hiring a coach conversation, I would say if anything, like with the goal being fat loss, I would go the direction of someone to help with your nutrition, create more accountability. Yeah. Because also typically like the reality is her calories are very low, it sounds like. Yeah. Now there's so much within that, like we can look to, how are you measuring calories? Um, how consistent are calories? Different things like that. And it's very hard to say like exactly where this person is coming from, like what her struggles are without actually being able to see the food logs. But like, I know for me personally, like, and so many people I've ran into, like with this situation, like when, like one of the things I do when I start coaching with people is like, look, because so often it'll be like, man, I'm only eating like a thousand calories and I can't lose weight. Then we can like identify like all these sneaky places where like, all these calorie sources are coming in like okay so like mm -hmm. your olive oil here like oh man i see we actually weren't measuring olive oil but like over the course of the week that's actually been adding 1500 calories to your week like it's actually mm -hmm. crazy how much olive oil a salad dressing things like that can add so like what if we swap that olive oil for like 
you just spray your sweet potatoes down with some cooking spray real quick. Now it's not actually zero calorie, but it's a lot less calories Mm -hmm. and different things like that. Then it's like, Oh shit. Like, okay, maybe I now again, like this all depends so much on the individual. So please listener don't at all take this as me like accusing you of like mistracking your calories or anything like that. I would just say oftentimes this is the case where like when we look through your food diary, we can see, which is why I would recommend like going the direction of a nutrition coach. If you work with somebody, we can see like, oh, here's like actually all these things Like we could like get you eating more, feeling more full and still losing a few calories. That said, again, like definitely I would spend, like you said, plenty of time at maintenance. I think at least three months is a good rule of thumb and just focus on other things rather than weight loss for a while. Like focus on getting stronger at the gym, focus on feeling better. And when you go back to like, how's my biofeedback? How's my energy? Um, Like literally focus on practicing maintenance. Like, Oh, like what does it look like for me to like go out and do social things and still maintain like this last set and eight pounds that I lost because like for you to sustain this long-term also, this sounds like a very driven person that's like worked her ass off to get here. Mm -hmm. But we also want to make sure that it's, like you are practicing all these different facets of your life. Like if you do like going out for drinks and you haven't been doing that for the last year, like as weird as it sounds, like taking some time to practice that and like making sure, okay, I do know how to go out and be social and still maintain this. Like what do my trade-offs there need to look like or like different things like that, that truly helps a ton. So like long-term taking some time back both psychologically and physiologically will help a ton. Yeah. That's a, a great point. I didn't even answer the question like you just did about, do you need a trainer? Definitely don't think that, I mean, you could hire a trainer that could definitely help, but a nutrition coach is going to help far more. And usually the hardest yeah. part about a fat loss journey is learning how to maintain what you've done because it's scary. Right. It's not something you've ever done before. And so working with somebody to help you reverse calories back up to maintain for a while and hold you accountable to that maintenance, because for you and in your mindset, you've, you've, paired your goal and your success with weight loss for so long that it it will be easy for you if you're not being held accountable to somebody else in my experience to just always try to go back to weight loss at every little excuse that you can so really like taking one step backwards and sitting out of maintenance for a good amount of time will allow you to take so many more steps forward in the next year two three four five years for you to get to truly where it is that you're wanting to go. So that's a, a part of the game is sometimes taking a step back to be able to take more steps forward. If we always try to push forward, we, um, we end up burning out most of the time. hundred percent. And like long-term, I think when people try to push fat, like you do know so many people that have just been trying to lose weight for years and years yeah. and years, like those people, you know, that are always dieting, but never get there. And like, I know we're both talk about nutritional periodization a ton but like Mm -hmm. truly this is a huge part of why it helps so much when we take that time away from the diet when we get back to the diet you're so much better able to reach your end goal like i know both of us like we take on clients that have been stuck in this cycle of dieting 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 for years and years Mm -hmm. and like so many times as weird as it is the answer is like hey maybe you have two days a week where you're not dieting where's the maintenance Maybe every 12 weeks, we do take two weeks off. Maybe every 30 pounds, we take a month to three months where we just practice maintenance. And ironically, like that gets people their end goal quicker than like, no, I'm just going to diet straight through it. And more sustainably. 
too, right? Exactly. Typically, you're not um, as susceptible to a yo-yo or a harsh regain um, due to hunger and, and just due to an unsustainable life. Because typically, the more weight you lose, um, in the reality of it, it comes down to more restriction over time, right? The lower right. calories have to go, the more you have to restrict your life, the crappier that you'll feel. So making sure that you're finding that balance to make sure it's a sustainable result in the long run is the biggest key. 100%. That's what I know we've talked about this before, but like, I don't think there's anything like more powerful for people that want to sustain their results long term than actually being coached through maintenance. Because yeah. really so much of it too is like behavioral, like, what does your food selection look like this? Like, again, like, what's your plan for this weekend? Like, how are you gonna make this work? And still just different things like that. that like people again, it's like, either I'm dieting or I'm not like actually transitioning it to a lifestyle which I know is kind of cliche to say, but like truly so true, it is. Exactly. It's so many like different habits that you have to learn and we have to make sure it's solidified for you to actually maintain your results after it's over. Because again, otherwise it's easy to just be like, well, the diet is finally done. Now I can finally eat like I want to again. But the reality is like, if this didn't come with a lifestyle change, then it's very, very likely that you're going to backslide. Exactly. And if you just go back to how you're eating before the diet, you're just going to end up back where you were like it's truly just like jeremiah said it's truly a lifelong commitment but with that it doesn't mean like you have to struggle or restrict for the rest of right. your life it just means you've got to find a way that fits with your life to enjoy your life but still be conscious of your goals and your body and your confidence and all of those things paired together it's just living a more intentional life basically right no exactly and i feel like I truly think we could probably do a whole episode on like maintenance and what yeah. that's like, because it truly entails so much, but I, I think it's super important that we get like continue to talk about this because it is like it's such the a biggest idea. part. Yeah. It's such a different idea, but it's truly the, the idea that's going to sustain your results in the long run. It's truly the aspect that nobody thinks about that is actually, that stops you from ever having to follow another diet again. Exactly. You know, like, exactly. and if, if you're not like, I've worked with people for, three months, they come on, they agree to three months. Okay. I got you for three months. But throughout that process, I'm constantly talking about maintenance is going to be coming. Like, like this isn't the end goal just to eat this amount of calories for the rest of your life. Right. Like you're going to be able to get to how you want to look, be able to sustain that in 2000 calories rather than the 1500 calories that you're eating every day, feel better, be able to do everything in that new body at a higher set point. But you know what? Most people don't they only want to think about next week or their next weigh-in or whatever it is but you've truly got to have your eyes on the the long-term goal you've always got to be in the day-to-day -day, but you've got to realize that that's not the goal to be to that weight and eating this amount of calories it's to be to that weight or that look whatever it is that you're trying to achieve but sustaining it on a higher level of calories to where you can maybe start eating intuitively or not having to be so strict on counting macros perfectly and, and these different types of things with with lifestyle changes rather than than restrictions Love it, dude. I don't have anything else to add to that. Cool, man. I think that is basically it. That's all I got. I feel like we've had a good long conversation today. We sat and talked for like 30 <laughs> minutes before we even started recording too. I know. I'm interested to see what feedback is on like that. Is like on that. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I like that. I like a little bit of small chat before we get into the questions so maybe we'll start let us know if you guys enjoyed this part this episode make sure to take a screenshot of it put it on your ig stories and make sure to tag me and jeremiah this podcast like some of, or you hopefully know by now goes up on both of our um podcasts 
every single month. So, uh, yeah, I'll tag all of Jeremiah's stuff. If you're listening through Lost and Lifting Talk, I'll tag his stuff down below so you can go um, check out all of his stuff. And, yeah. And I'll do likewise, dude. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Yeah. Hasta la vista. <laughs>